Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes monthly, we're sometimes fortnightly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing much better than last week, to be honest. I started smirking as I said out today I'm I joined could, by... I, I can like, hear oh, you wait. smirking. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, brilliant. Well, it has been a long week, so it's good to get a bit of time with you again. Yeah, exactly. A week later. So I'm going to jump in a little bit oddly here. We have a list of questions that we keep when we do investigator-specific episodes that we just have as sort of talking points that we might use. And my eye fell upon one, which was, what bonuses does the Elder Sign ability of this investigator provide? (laughs) And I think that might be a nice place to start. Uh, Listeners, time to shout out loud who you think we're going to be talking about. Yes, that's right. It's Roland Banks at last. <laughs> that worked on two levels. One that we gave a really long pause for, yes. <laughs> for them to shout. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Plus one for every clue on your location is super strong. Yeah. Yes, it's la- a shout out to last week's episode that we recorded a week ago. <laughs> yeah, and that's really right. We're talking about Father Matteo, the priest. Surname Castile. That's right, Matteo Castile. He has four willpower, three intellect, two combat, and three agility. He's another six-eight in uh, health sanity split. He's a believer and a warden. I really like the warden trait. Yes. Trait. Does Yorick have that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. He has a reaction ability. After an investigator reveals an auto fail chaos token, cancel that token and treat it as an elder sign token instead. Limit once per game. Elder sign effect. You automatically succeed. After this test ends, either choose one, draw one card and gain one resource, or if it's your turn, you may take an additional action this turn. That is Mateo. Yeah, that's a pretty good Elder Sign effect, right? (laughs) Is he the only main class mystic that has extra actions? Yeah. Yeah? Well, Marie, maybe? Oh, Marie, good shout. Yeah, she does when she has Doom. He has the most flexible extra action, if he can trigger it. Yes, He's he's an odd one. Now, I feel that he has a bit of a cult following. (laughs) Yeah. He's a bit like Jim. Mm. Although I think maybe Jim has been sold down a bit because I think Jim is really good these days. Mm. I think Matteo is that same thing. He's attracted the kind of player. (laughs) (laughs) Just pick my next few words carefully. (laughs) You know, it's it's someone who likes to really build into that ability. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe do something fun with drawing more tokens or trying to draw the Elder Sign token as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And he has vociferous defenders. Yes, and I think I'd also say I'm really glad you mentioned the gym comparison. They have a very similar stat line, just the combat and agility switched. Yes, And that stat line in my head is different from the five willpower mystics. So it's not Agnes, it's not Akachi. It requires a little bit more work to get your spells really singing for you. And it really likes the higher level spells with the baked in boosts. So you can become a really reliable uh, spell slinger. Yes. I, fi- I do find the 4332 stat line that a couple of investigators have got quite mm. difficult. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Although, uh, Rex, does Rex have 4332? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, and he is, I've heard, he's quite good. So yeah, maybe it's just me. No, I th- but to go back to last week's episode, 
if we dropped a point in combat for Mateo and gave him a point somewhere else, yeah. you know, having a four agility, a four intellect, or a five willpower, I think would immediately be a bump for him. Yes, so quite a good bump. Yeah, we often find in Arkham that if your character is too well-rounded in terms of stats, they end up as a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. And there's the slight risk here. And I think then combined with the mystic pool that really wants to focus on one stat, broadly speaking, this stat line doesn't necessarily lean into that. Absolutely. I think because he gets a bit of a bad rep most of the time, that makes his defenders all the more vocal that he's powerful. I think that's good. I, I like that each investigator has their their fans who really sing their praises. Yes. Should we spend a couple of minutes just talking about his ability? Yeah, please. Because I think it's 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 unusual. Certainly, uh, there's no one else has really got an ability like this. It's yeah. a once per game, you know, done. Hail Mary. Yes, and you can't even guarantee you'll get to use it in a game. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> well, it's really strange like that, and and often. The times when a tentacle is pulled is not the time necessarily you want to use a once in a game ability. Yes. Someone, you know, does last action investigate and they draw a tentacle. It's like, do we turn that into an elder sign? <laughs> yeah, it, that it's it's a difficult decision to make. I'll, I'll say one thing and then I'll say another thing. I think the power of it, it's a bit like Lucky, which its power exists in its potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. This is a. I, I'm, I'm sure um, this is something that's occurred to everyone, but it's nice just to kind of reiterate the the basics. I feel like you have the backup of his ability in every action you're doing until you've used it. Yeah, it's a safety net. Right? It's a safety net. Yes. So you can, as you're playing Arkham, I mean, it depends on the type of player you are. Sometimes you just don't worry about worry about the that auto fail symbol. You're like, well, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket and not think about the 1 in 12 or the 1 in 15 chance or whatever that it's, that it's going to just fail. And I've yeah. lost all these cards. Other players are more conservative and they would keep that in their minds. What if I fail this test? I need to mm-hmm. have an escape plan from that situation because I don't want to hinge my my whole scenario success on this one test. Mm-hmm. Matteo gives you that backup in that situation. Yeah. So his influence is is slightly subtler than we might immediately think, that he's saying, if you want to play in this go big or go home style, I'll support that. Yes. Like, even at deck building stage, you might be saying, right, well, I'm going to commit to a double or nothing, double vicious blow shotgun attack, which is a sort of play style (laughs) that has a major risk baked into it. Yeah. But if Mateo's there, it's like, when we get to that point... I can all but guarantee it for you. And in a way, that is sort of similar to Jim in that mm. his ability is quite subtle. Mm. That yeah. you know you, you don't notice it's happening. It's yeah. just you know you pass more tests. And Jim's Jim's ability benefits him, and Mateo's ability benefits the team. So there's that like slight distinction between them. Yes, and I think what we'll do over the course of this episode, we'll go on to talk about that ability more and whether mm. you can actually use it a bit more proactively. Mm. To, yeah. to Matteo's benefit. But I said I was going to say two things. I think this isn't Matteo's ability. Mm-hmm. I think Matteo's ability is his Elder Sign effect. Yeah. Which is, without a doubt, the best Elder Sign effect in the game. Yeah. I think. can't think of anyone yeah. who's got the a better The funny one. thing is, the first three words are the ones I often gloss, which are, you automatically succeed. Well, <laughs> that's the point where the difficulty of the test drops to zero. Yes. And... Even if your score is zero, you're still passing. Yes. I think that's going to come back when we start talking about using his 
inverted commas ability, his mm-hmm. his auto fail uh, uh, mitigation ability more proactively. That's going to come into yeah. play. Yes, but you're right. Yeah. He's you know it almost seems like it's an afterthought. Oh yeah, yeah. and I succeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does. You do so much at that point. So Preston's also got an auto succeed effect, right? Yeah, but he has to pay to use his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matteo not only automatically succeeds, he gets a, a further bonus from it, which is just so good. He also gets a choice, which is also great. You can draw a card and gain a resource. So you can do that if you pull the Elder Sign in Mythos or, or whatever else you want, or you get extra actions, which is pretty stellar. Yes. Okay, should we flip the man over and take a look at his deck building? Yeah. So he's got a deck size of 30. He can run Mystic cards 0 to 5. Blessed cards, 0 to 3, and neutral cards, 0 to 5. So he has a pretty narrow deck building options. He needs to run the Codex of Ages and Serpents of Yig and a random basic weakness. But he also gets bonus experience. You begin the campaign with 5 additional experience, which doesn't affect the number of weaknesses you must take in standalone mode. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is the smoking gun for people who say Mateo's underpowered. Yeah. Raise their yeah. finger and say, aha, this means he's weaker. He's so weak that they had to slap <laughs> 5 XP on him just to bring him up to the level of other investigators. Yes. But consider that, you know, he could start with a copy of Seal of the Elder Sign in his deck, which is a common, you know, it's a common starting move for people. Yeah. Because that's an automatic success in your deck yeah. uh, for free. And, you know, that's that would be a good signature. Start the campaign with an auto-success card in your deck. Yeah, yeah. That absolutely. also draws you a card and a resource. Yeah. I mentioned, you know, wanting those higher-level spells that have baked-in boosts. Yes. You could run a couple of Rite of Seeking 2 or one Rite of Seeking 2, one Shriveling 3. You could already have some of those cards baked in, ready to roll, if you wanted to. Yes. Does another auto-success card that he might be interested in which is Eucatastrophe yeah. which is a blessed card, costs 3 XP again, you could pop one of those in and uh, you know, water protection 2 or save your other 2 XP, whatever it is yes, and we start to see now you can stack your deck full of those Elder Sign uh, cards mm-hmm. yeah. and be triggering his ability a good few times over the course of a scenario yes, yeah, with 2 Eucatastrophe and 2 Seal of the Elder Sign that's 4 cards that is four elder signs that you control when you get them, yeah. as well as any bag diving you do otherwise. And you know who cares about how many other boosts you have in your deck if you're automatically succeeding? Yes. You know, I take take a, an agility to I take an evade, and it's difficulty five. If I'm pulling the the elder sign, I'm getting a card and a resource out of it, or an extra action, and I'm automatically succeeding. I don't even need to include any agility icons in my deck if I know I can pull the elder sign. Super clutch. Yes. So so my difficulty with Matteo comes in when I try to figure out what he's doing in terms of uh, what test is he taking in the team? What is he contributing mm-hmm. towards our progress through the act? Yes. And yeah. I, I guess the answer is whatever you want him to do, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you set him up with this kind of combo engine of drawing the Elder Sign more often. Yeah. You know, you could build him as a, as a fighter and put two shrivelings in his deck and some search cards and some of the other like spectral razor and those kind yeah. of offensive spells. And then just say, right, well, I've got my other combo pieces, so I'm always going to succeed at these tests. Yeah, he's this holy fighter, which is really nice. 
And, you know, with the extra actions there, he can kill enemies that other investigators might struggle with because he just can stay in the fight for longer. So you can go shrivel, shrivel, automatically succeed on a shrivel and have another action to shrivel again. You just sort of pile up the damage and, you know, unload in this burst of holy energy, which is really nice. And you can do the exact same thing, but flip it on its head and do clues with Mateo if you wanted to. You can do Rite of Seeking or Sixth Sense. You can do Drawn to the Flame or Read the Signs. You've got options there, basically. I think as, as we'll come on to talk more about his uh, what cards he could take, it might transpire that actually you could build a good engine in Mateo, which draws the special symbols more often. So actually, yeah. Sixth Sense might become a really good card in him. Yeah. So just before we move on, Frank, let's just have a pause and think about blessed cards. Yeah, good idea. Are there any good ones? <laughs> I tell you what. So there's, there's obviously there's some mystic blessed cards. Yes. Skip past those. Yep. I think Guardian and Survivor are the two other factions. I'm going to guess there are three. <laughs> Custom ammunition. Yes. Fortune or fate. Yes. You... And you catastrophe. Yes, there's a couple. There's a few more actually, and there's some nice. Oh, there's the grizzly totem. The grizzly totem, the survivor grizzly totem, is blessed. Yeah. Level three. What else am I forgetting? A glimmer of hope. Oh yeah, your favourite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's blessed. Alter fate, which you really like. Oh yeah, 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 that's a good shout. Yeah. And finally, what I think is a really good card, hallowed mirror, is blessed. Ooh yes, yeah. Okay, so there's quite a range there. There's obviously you catastrophe helping with elder signs but then you've got other sort of utility cards there i would say yes yeah i mean i think hallowed mirror is is not a bad card to have in your team somewhere mm-hmm. because in terms yeah. of healing i think it's probably one of the best collection of healing cards yeah it only uses um, up a single slot in your deck which we, mm-hmm. we talked about hallowed mirror a while ago yeah competes with the accessory slots for mateo could be a, a slot he wants to use but yes yeah he wants to use crystalline elder sign and seal that elder sign away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably doesn't want that card. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he might want Holy Rosary or Hubert's Key or something like that. Holy Rosary certainly being thematic for Matteo. Yeah, exactly. Theme win, if nothing else. But yeah, yeah. So Halamira is good. Alter Fate, I think, is a incredibly strong card. So I would be tempted to always find a place for it if I could. And every scenario almost always has something that attaches to locations, even if that's just a locked door. Being able to snipe things, you know, particularly in Circle Undone, Alter Fate is just really strong. But, you know, even in uh, Forgotten Age, there are things like Curses of Yig and, you know, Lost in the Wilds, when you can't move or explore when it's in your threat area. If you get rid of it with Alter Fate, you're back in business. So, yeah. Are there any that jump out to you apart from the Hallowed Mirror? No, uh, no not really. I mean, you Catastrophe... Hallowed Mirror, I think really those are, those are the best ones in Alter Fate. Yeah, I mean they're they're all good cards. Yeah, so yeah. I don't they're not less good in Matteo. So I think that I mean New Catastrophe has an obvious obvious synergy as well. So, but it, it's it's a hard one to get a grasp on. There's not a huge amount of extra options there. Yeah, it it reminds me of that kind of of the the wandering priest who has a sort of selection of trinkets and abilities and things like that. It's a like almost. A bard character, maybe in an yeah, RPG. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sort of a toolbox of, okay, I'll cancel a doom now, or okay, I'll turn this failure into success, and they sort of pick and choose what they need. Should we look at his signature cards? We should. Yes. Okay. So first of all, we have the Codex of Ages. Uh, the Codex of Ages. 
not ages. Ages. Finis omnium nunc est. You've had a classical education, Frank. What does that mean? Mm. The end of everything is now. Wow. Did you just know that off the top of your head? Well, I translated it. Finis means end. Omnium means of all things. Nunc is now and est is it is. There we go. Easy as that. This yeah. is a two-cost... Thanks, Matt, for putting really straightforward <laughs> Latin on a card. Otherwise, it'd be really stymied. Yeah. This is a two-cost asset. It has a willpower and a wild pip, and it has mm-hmm. item, relic, tome, and blessed traits. Oh, so Matteo can take he it. He can, yes. Father Matteo deck only. In fact, only Matteo can take it. Seal the Elder Sign. You get plus one willpower while there is a token sealed here. Reaction. When you would reveal a chaos token from the chaos bag, discard the Codex of Ages, resolve the Elder Sign token that was sealed here as if it was just revealed from the chaos bag instead of revealing a token from the chaos bag. And it's a hand slot. Okay. So good that it's a hand slot because obviously with Mystics that tends to be a more little used slot. Yes. Generally speaking. Mm. Rather than it being an arcane slot. That would be frustrating. Now, I don't know about you, Frank. My experience has often been I play this right before I want I need to use it. Absolutely the same. Yeah. Because it takes the Elder Sign out of the bag for the, the smallest amount of time possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because obviously, if it's not in the bag, Matteo can't draw it. And he loves to draw that Elder Sign. Very frustrating if it's not there. You could do some sort of combo play where you play it, you do your seals of the Elder Sign... Because yes. you don't reveal tokens for that. And then the last one, you reveal the token off this. But that's really the only possible time I think it's appropriate. I think that the order of that card, the top line seems very bad. The plus one willpower while there's a token sealed here is like, eh, that's okay. And then the reaction, you're like, ah, now I see what this card is doing. Yes. It's an order success card with a bit of extra faff. Yeah. So we've we've... Bumped up our number of auto success cards once we've got two Seal of the Elder Sign and two Catastrophes by another one. Yes. So that's five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a sixth of our deck doing auto success, pretty good. And Or just saying, right, so we can get five Elder Signs per scenario is good to factor in. Like, <laughs> then his ability is take five extra actions or draw five more cards and gain five more resources. Yeah. It starts to be pretty decent. Yes. Okay, should we look at his weakness then as well? Yeah, let's do it. This is the Serpents of Yig. Ooh. It's a, a an enemy. It is two fight, three health, and two evade. Humanoid, monster, serpent. Uh, and it has prey, Father Mateo only. Mm. It's a hunter, and it has the revelation ability. Search the Chaos Bag for the Elder Sign Chaos Token and seal it upon Serpents of Yig. Me. I know not what Yig is, but I know I have wounded his children. Father Matteo, Mark 1 Fury, in the campaign log. It doesn't say that. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't think it's nice to have for a mystic to have an enemy weakness. No, I agree. Especially if you've gone down the the investigating <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's also a very nasty... For it to seal the chaos token, the the elder sign token on it. Yes. Now remind me, can you seal? What happens if you need to seal a token that's sealed on an enemy, or you, on a on a scenario card? You can't do it because okay. sealing is always searching the bag. If you've already sealed the elder sign on the Codex of Ages, when the Serpents of Yig comes into play, it can't seal anything because it searches the chaos bag and can't find the elder sign token. So that's a slender silver lining. 
Yes. It doesn't steal the Elder Sign token off something else. But as discussed, as yeah. Matteo, we want that token in the bag so we can draw it. If I had a toss-up between being able to control when we get the Elder Sign back and putting it on an enemy, I would probably choose the former. <laughs> yes. But that comes up so rarely, you know. Yes. There's something that's just struck me about the serpents that I hadn't thought of before. They're monster-traded, and yes. Matteo can take custom ammunition. He can't take any weapons that he could put custom ammunition on, but if he were to put custom ammunition on a forty-five automatic or a cult, a cult it would do an extra damage to monsters. So if he had spent time beefing up a teammate's weapon, they would yeah. be able to one-shot the Serpents of Yig, even with a level zero weapon. Yeah, yeah, that's legit. It's also it's... a humanoid and monster-traited. Yeah. Which is, is that a common pairing? Uh, ghouls it, end up in... with that, yeah. Right. Yeah, humanoid monster ghoul. When you get them paired together... It, I think, means that you can use all options against them. So, like, you can persuade them and interrogate them, but then you can also do all of your monster tech. So, yeah. normally, it's the sign of the easier enemies because it gives you all the options to deal with them that are just a monster or just edge, a humanoid. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. Having a weakness enemy is really nasty, particularly nasty in Mystic. And then, like, icing on the cake of nastiness, three health. Yeah, it's like two shriveling charges. I've I always seen... sigh inwardly when I see a three health enemy weakness. Yeah, and I've seen people use Spirit of Thame as part of the early purchase in Mateo's five bonus XP, just so that they have a weapon to hit the serpents with, so they don't use a shriveling charge. Yeah, and it's a bit of a of a willpower boost as well, which which isn't bad for him. Yeah, baked in. Now that we've seen Twyla, Twyla could be really helpful in Mateo to just save him some shriveling charges because he knows he's going to spend probably one against the serpents. Yeah. And I think I think he's running shriveling, even if he's not really leaning into combat, just to protect himself from the serpents. He doesn't even have the stats to evade it, if needs be. Yeah, unless you, unless you kind of boost some other stuff in. Yeah. And if you're evading it and leaving the Elder Sign on it, you know, yeah. that feels really bad. So pretty, pretty mean weakness, pretty say, on the lower end in terms of signatures. You know, you can see where the whole argument around is this guy any good kind of kind of comes from. Yes. I'd say. So, like, perfect storm of details. Yes. And as discussed, his ability, if, if we say his ability is his Elder Sign, he wants to draw the cards that help him draw the Elder Sign, mm -hmm. whether those are auto Elder Signs or, or, or something else. Mm -hmm. And drawing lots of cards means ultimately drawing a weakness. Yep. Yep. So he can't kind of sit plan. back and, and rely on his stats once he's got a couple of key cards set up like Agnes could. Mm, yeah. And she, she avoids drawing for the rest of the scenario. In a way, he's he's quite reliant on what he needs. Yes, yeah. He wants to build, funnily enough, like last week's episode, he wants to build a bit of an engine. You yes. want to get into this part where you're steamrollering a scenario because you keep hitting Elder Signs and that yeah. keeps sort of pushing you further and further ahead. It's a tempo ability at that point, isn't it? You just keep getting more bang for your buck. Little shout out to Spectral Razor, which one shots the serpents, right? Yeah, it does. Mm. That's a really nice card, I think. Yeah. I think lots of people who could take that would, would be happy with it. Mm. Yeah, and I think Matteo might want to keep an eye on that as a possible option. He fights at a six with Spectral Razor, so he's four up against the Serpents of Yig. Pretty nice place to be. There's no negative token effect with it, which is good. 
and it's just one and done, pay two. I think when I revisit Mateo to play him, there might be cards number one and two that go into the deck. Yeah. You mentioned sort of bag manipulation. Maybe we should look at that next. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's two sort of aspects to Mateo it's worth talking about. We've talked, both of us have mentioned building an engine in Mateo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's two ways you can go with this. You can look at sealing tokens. So sealing tokens that both bad and not the elder sign yeah. increases your chances of passing tests and of drawing the elder sign. Mm-hmm. And we could look at Chthonian Stone. Yeah. Or we could look at Protective Incantation. Mm-hmm. Look, I guess those are the main two, really, in yeah. terms of sealing. Uh, and if we take four tokens out the bag, ultimately there, that's maybe a bit of a pipe dream, but four tokens out the bag really boosts his chances of drawing that Elder Sign. Chthonian Stone is unique, so you'd only play Sorry, one of yes, that. Sorry, yes, so but three. another way of getting a token out of the bag is with Seal of the Seventh Sign, which would seal the auto-fail. Yes. Yes, absolutely, yes. So you could get that out of the bag and a minus four and a, a special symbol. You suddenly got rid of your, your three biggest negative modifiers. Yes. It starts to be super consistent for you and the entire team. Yes. You know? So so that that's actually a nice play in multiplayer. Mm, yeah. The route I prefer going down is the kind of draw more tokens route. Mm-hmm. So important to remember in the rules, if you if you draw multiple tokens and you're resolving multiple tokens, uh, typically you add together the modifiers. Mm-hmm. So if they're ne- if they're both negative, you kind of double up on the negative. Yeah. But if you draw an auto success, it doesn't matter what the res- the remaining negative mm-hmm. modifiers to the test are. Yeah. So I draw a minus three, a minus four, and an elder sign. If I'm automatically succeeding, even if that's a minus seven in this weird example where I'm combining all of them, my score's probably dropping to zero, but yes. I'm still passing. This doesn't apply with the auto fail. I believe the auto fail takes priority over yes, the auto success. Yeah. So if I've drawn, if somehow in a test I've drawn the, the tentacles and the elder sign, I fail. Yeah. Unless I use Mateo's ability, in which case I can pass. Double Elder Sign. Double Elder Sign, yeah. So I, I think really the key piece for that side of the combo would be Olive McBride. Mm-hmm. And what she lets you do is draw three tokens and then select two. Yeah. So that triples your chances of drawing the Elder Sign? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. So you go from, say, one in 15 to three in 15. So that's then 20% of your tests. Yes. A fifth. Because you don't mind if you draw the elder sign first, second, or third in that instance, right? So it just yes. combines. Yeah. Yes. That's right. The math <laughs> gets my... really frustrating with Olive. <laughs> yeah, if, if, I've got, if I've got that wrong, please write in and let me know. Broadly speaking, mathematically, I think the thing to remember with Olive is that normally she makes your likelihood of passing worse mm-hmm. because drawing three tokens, the bag is skewed towards you getting more negatives. Yeah. So you've got to want either to hit a special symbol for a six cents four thing to go off or something else like that, or you've got to know that certain tokens in the bag for you are very special. So for Jim, all the extra skulls are zeros, so that yeah. makes the bag a lot better. And for Mateo, if you can hit that elder sign, it doesn't matter what else you've seen. You can ignore the tentacle token as the third token, and elder sign plus anything equals success which yeah. is really nice. So that's how I played Mateo when I played him most recently. And I think it, if we add on 
two of the cards. So we've now got a three card engine. If we say recall the futures in there, mm-hmm. which helps bump up the the negative, just the, the plain old negative modifiers, the non special tokens. Yeah. And uh, ritual candles, mm-hmm. which helps bump up the the special tokens. Yeah. He starts to become very reliable in passing tests. Yeah. It's very similar to Jim at that point, isn't it? It's yes. Your bag is just so much easier than any other player's bag. Yeah, and in fact, it, there was a weird situation. So I, I played that deck at the Labyrinth a couple of months ago, and I, I spoke mm. about it on on the, the podcast after I did it. And Ritual Candles had gone from being a card when it first came out to people being interested in, and then realizing it doesn't, it doesn't the maths don't really stack up on it, especially mm. for losing the slot and yeah. having to put it in your deck. Maybe something you put in level zero and then upgrade out of pretty quickly mm-hmm. to being something that you think, oh, this should totally be limited to once a turn. It should be exhausted <laughs> when I use it. You're, every test you take, you're seeing more tokens. So you have a more chance of seeing some of the special symbols, but the special symbols are less bad for you. So why not? Yeah. 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 So, you know, Olive could draw you two skulls. If the skulls are minus one, you've drawn two zeros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got a second. Ritual candle, suddenly that's plus two to your test. <laughs> yeah, that's again, it makes me think of Gloomhaven where you can add some pretty good cards into your modifier deck where your base damage starts to really spike depending on the the character you're playing. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and often the cultist token is mm-hmm. draw another token. Yeah. And you look, if Mateo's got his two candles out, you're like, oh, brilliant. That's a rolling plus two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rolling plus two. Draw another one. Okay. Oh, it's a skull now. Okay, <laughs> plus four. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. A bad combo is, is one where your individual cards don't help you. Mm-hmm. This is a good combo because every card in the combo gets makes you better. Yeah. So Recall the Future makes you better. Olive McBride, there's probably the linchpin. Uh, she makes you better if you've got the other bits down. Ritual Candles makes you better as well. Mm. But once you, it's difficult to get that many cards assembled. Yes, it is, yeah. And then I think you have the problem of if you're succeeding tests, what tests are you, are you succeeding at? Mm. Have you just spent a lot of cards to be as good as another investigator who's good at something? Yeah, yeah. You're succeeding at a a fight but you may as well just you know why don't you have a great big gun that would be a much more useful fight test to succeed on and and really if you're using the extra actions from your elder sign what are you spending those actions doing Mm. that's really helping the team there's a little bit of self-fulfilling prophecy to this where if you're hitting elder signs it helps you assemble that rig and once you assemble that rig it helps you hit elder signs but it all kind of feeds into itself again for me that image of the the snowball getting bigger as you go through a scenario as you start comboing elder signs he gains tempo resources cards but you're just hoping that those cards essentially keep you getting elder signs i suppose the other thing worth noting every time you're hitting an elder sign and automatically succeeding is you're not failing and that means even if you're only getting a clue or even if you're only doing a couple of damage you're still contributing it might not be in a flash way but it's just in a consistently decent way and you can be not failing on really difficult tests in a way that other investigators need to set up like the the idea of uh, Matteo running around holding two candles saying i'm helping i'm helping yeah <laughs> i'm lighting the way <laughs> yes. exactly i wanted to shout out more on on um 
token manipulation. There's obviously dark prophecy where you have to reveal a special symbol if you reveal one, which isn't particularly useful. But there's also grotesque statue. Shout yeah, out to of the course, corset yeah. days. Yeah. It's four XP. It's two cost and a hand slot. We've talked about how hand slots aren't contested and we've mentioned candles. The Codex, Grotesque Statue, Spirit Kithonian of Thalmay. He might want Squirrel of Prophecies as well. Like yeah. Suddenly his hands are really busy. Anyway, Grotesque Statue, you get four charges. You can spend a charge to pick two tokens, uh, draw two tokens and pick one to use. That, to me, is just more options to fish for Elder Signs. You know, you combine that with Olive, and maybe once a turn you're seeing a couple of tokens, and you can get to this really powerful place where elder sign is a very regular occurrence do you have an answer by the way to what do you do with all your actions and power no or is that still a conundrum to you it's still a bit of a conundrum to me i guess like you know if, if you're running have i not run i must have i must have played him when six cents was there mm. i feel like six the upgraded six cents mm-hmm. is so good yeah for him so i think if i did it again so I think I play him as a, as a bit of a jack of all trades. He's like mm-hmm. a, he's a mystic rogue. He's able to use so with wither. Although I'm, I'm never convinced on wither necessarily. With wither mm-hmm. and sixth sense, he's able to fight and do a little bit of damage. He's able to find clues and be flexible to finding clues. Mm-hmm. And you can just contribute to whatever the team needs to be doing at that time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. how I've played him in the past. He's maybe the third player in the group at that point. Or even the fourth your, player. Even, maybe the fifth player. Yeah, let's just uh, exclude <laughs> just just the, Bench that guy. Yeah. He can do anything better than, than a specialist can do something they're not specialised in. Mm. I've said the same thing in lots of different ways there. I'm actually struck as well when you were assembling that deck. If he does run the new spell suite, read the signs of ethereal form and spectral razor, they give you a pretty decent boost to your test. You know, he tests a six or seven for all of those. Yeah. And that's, again, that to me gives me a little hint of, okay, that's quite a good test probably to use Olive on. Because if I get a minus two and a minus three, I might still be over the threshold. Or a, a minus one, a minus two, you know, I'm still passing. And there then you want to find those good tests to go fishing on. You don't want to use Olive when you're one up on a shriveling charge and you really need to kill an enemy chances are you won't hit the Elder Sign. So you want to find tests that you can Elder Sign fish on. Yes. The, the other thing worth noting, if you do pack your deck with Seal of the Seventh Sign and Seal of the Elder Sign, is those cards help your teammates. And there might be a time when actually the person you really need to have an Elder Sign is not you. And at that point, you can commit Seal of the Elder Sign to other people. Yes, and force them to draw Elder Signs. Absolutely, yes, yes. And it, it's great to have one in the back pocket for that that mm-hmm. that last-ditch rogue yeah. attack. So we talked right at the top of the episode about how his ability is a safety net. Mm-hmm. But those cards are sort of a safety net, but they let you carry out those plays with no risk at all. Yeah. So when I played Mateo through Forgotten Age, teamed with Silas, the way we won Scenario 9, Turn Back Time was in a clinch finale moment where Silas kept pulling Elder Signs. And the reason he kept pulling Elder Signs was because I was set up to force Silas to keep pulling Elder Signs. So he kept attacking and getting quick thinking out of his discard pile, committing it to the test, getting an extra action, 
committing it to the next action, mm-hmm. goes back to his discard pile. Then the next test, he draws another Elder Sign. Somehow, it must have been the work <laughs> of God. You know, yeah. it's really powerful then, where he he had a huge turn, and I was there making sure that happened. I've thought of another card from that campaign that's worth throwing into the mix here. You're not that sold on, on Wither. No, which is I'm great not, because no. there's a there's a third combat asset that we've not mentioned that really likes bag manipulation. Oh, is it shards of the void? Shards of the void. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, you're right. So that combos super nicely with Olive. You're increasing the chance of seeing zeros, and you can seal zeros on shards of the void. And if you see a zero, a shard of the void shot is a three damage shot rather than a two damage shot. So. It's three damage on tap. It's potentially unlimited as long as you can keep sealing a zero on it. And it gives you a lot of flexibility. So I think I ended up with a Shriveling and a Shards of the Void in play. And I kind of, you can pick and choose how much damage you need to do. Super good. Yes. What I was going to say is there's quite a funny, you're just talking about Silas. This idea Mm. of of God, uh, like reluctant to help earlier (laughs) on in the, and you get to the end, and then suddenly you've not spent any of these seals of the Elder Sign through the whole scenario. Mm. And then, like, God's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll give you a hand now. You've got things in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I know you're nearly finished. I might as well give you a hand. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he reaches his hand down from above. Yeah. That's if that's if it's God that's giving you the Elder Sign. Well, who knows? We've talked about Cthulhu. this with Zoe, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Just to bring it right back to where we started... We talked about using his ability more proactively, his ability. Mm, yeah. I did inverted commas there with my fingers. Okay, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> it's a shame there's not video. <laughs> this this the idea of drawing more tokens then means that, you know, you do have, you are drawing more tokens, you're more likely to draw the tentacles. And if it comes up on a clutch test, so with Olive, because you're drawing three tokens, you can always pick the two that aren't the tentacle. Mm-hmm. But if it works out, best for you you need to pass a certain test or you're reading the extra action you can pick the tentacle to mm. trigger the elder sign so it's it's a way of using his ability a bit more proactively yeah i see what you mean i was thinking when you said his ability that we were still talking about the elder sign and i said why are you talking about tentacle but you're you're completely right if i say his yeah. ability i mean the elder sign if i say his ability i mean oh, okay yeah. <laughs> his, his ten- uh, tentacle yes and likewise if you have you catastrophe in hand you don't have to use his reaction ability. You can similarly go, okay, this is perfect. I'll take the tentacle now. And I've drawn another Elder Sign. So the fishing, exactly as you say, feeds into setting up situations where you convert tentacles into Elder Signs. I think he's worth a revisit if you haven't played him for a while, because I think there's now a really interesting suite of things going on for him around token manipulation yeah. and around that, as we've said already, that subtle ability to smooth out the bag. Yeah. I've never got to a point where I felt really confident with him solo, but I think he's a character that really likes to grow in power. So that five early XP is useful, but I think he really starts to sing when he's at about 25 XP, and that can be really hard to get to in solo. You know, if you run two arcane research with him, he's straight away a stat line of 6-6, six, six, which is kind of scarily low, particularly with spells that give you horror. Yeah, yeah. Another thing Shards of the Void doesn't do. Yeah. No negative from Shards of the Void. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think, if nothing else, actually building that kind of, that towering stack of bag manipulation effects is fun. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just cool doing that. 
And yeah. the, the double ritual candles, it's some of the most fun I've had in the game because it mm. really breaks that, that one of the core uh, concepts of Arkham, which is that those symbols are typically bad. And you go, oh, no, mm. what does this do? You look at the card. Yeah. Oh, no, it does this. And best hope I don't fail. But the token's also a minus four, so I'm probably going to... Uh, with the ritual candles out, you're like, oh yeah, great. And it's it's a really fun subversion. And also, the Elder Sign being an order of success, that's a subversion as well. In a game where the Chaos Bag ensures nothing is certain, mm-hmm. and lots of the effects, like Stroke of Luck, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Stroke of Luck yeah. doesn't work on the on the, the order fail, right? Yeah, shut down. Even that, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a vanishingly small group of cards which guarantees success. Uh, and Matteo plays with those as well. He loves playing with those. So I think those two things breaks the rules of the game in quite a fun way. And I think that's really worth having experimenting with and having fun with. I completely agree. I really like the idea. As you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, it's a reminder. Every mystic cares about the chaos bag, but they care about it in different ways. And one of the ways Matteo maybe cares about the chaos bag is he doesn't fear it. He, he smooths it out so much. Maybe you, you really build a deck that really leans into seeing all of those special symbols. And at that point, he's laughing. He's like, aha, evil! Is, you know, it, it's proof for him, right? You draw an elder thing, it's proof that evil exists in the world. Yes. It's just what he's trying to shut down. Love it. Cool. As ever, we want to hear your Mateo thoughts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. Can I make a We're prediction, drawn- Frank, just before you finish the those? We're going to get... Yep. All of the Matteo fans, yeah, coming out the woodwork here and telling us why he's great. All two of them. And can I say I really want to hear from them? Okay, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. about why they love Matteo so much. Not that I'm I'm doubting them at all. I I, I do think he's great fun, um, and mm. I do think he gets a bad rep, much like Jim used to do. Until we did that great Jim episode. Until we, yeah, <laughs> single-handedly, we yeah. definitely didn't. Before anyone takes that seriously, lots of <laughs> yeah, other people that. have said lots of smart things about Jim in the past. Our Skidzo Tool episode single-handedly stopped him being the brunt of all jokes. Yeah, man, Only that just, was true. Yeah, <laughs> the savior of Arkham, are you, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's you, it's you, Peter. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, just uh, hearing why people love playing the the interesting cards they do is part of what makes running this podcast so much fun. Yeah. So please, please, please let us know why you love Matteo, what kind of cards you like in him. Yes. Sorry, continue and with the, can... the shout-outs, Frank. How can people get in touch with us? They can get in touch with us by emailing drawntotheflamepodcast at gmail.com. They can get in touch with us on Twitter, on Facebook. They can become a patron of the cast and talk to us on our Discord. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash drawn to the flame and we're also on design by humans peter how can people get in touch with you i am unitled everywhere that's u-n-i-t-l-e-d i'm on discord and twitter and on reddit a little bit at the moment and i'm on instagram as the dot how about you frank i'm feb on instagram i'm fb on twitter and i'm around the place as zooey glass or zozo thanks very much for listening thank you The writing accompanying this oddity was, aside from a stack of press cuttings, in Sandy Nicholson's most recent hand, and made no pretense to literary style. What seemed to be the main document was headed Cthulhu Cult.
in characters painstakingly printed to avoid the erroneous reading of a word so unheard of. That's that's an that's ironic end to the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His name was Aaron Montgomery, and he was by profession an inspector of police. With him, he bore the subject of his visit, a grotesque, repulsive, and apparently very ancient stone statuette whose origin he was at a loss to determine. It's a grotesque statue. Hell yeah! There it is, coming back. 